Okay. Welcome, everybody, to another uh, episode of Voice Podcast. Um, we're joined, as always, with Reed. How are you doing today, man? Good, good. Uh, keep them busy. It's been a beautiful day, so um, my spirits are definitely up today. Good, for sure. And our guest of honor today is Lindsay Hegedorn. How are you doing there, Lindsay? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to be here. It's excited yeah. to connect back with SLC and, and keep in touch with everyone. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. Um, you're an alumni. Um, what programs did you kind of come out of in school there? For sure. Yeah. So uh, I first did the business marketing program. So I did that for two years. And then after the two years, I switched and did the IMC program. So the one-year graduate certificate in interactive marketing communications. Awesome. Right on. And that was just a couple of years ago. Yes. So I graduated in 2018. So nice. I've been in the workforce for about three years now. So what, what made you want to switch into the program? Yeah, so I really enjoyed the business marketing program. Um, I just wanted something a little bit more on the creative side. In the third year of the business marketing, I didn't think I would really get that, looking at what the course is offered. So I did a lot of talking with the different faculty um, that taught in these courses and just to compare and see what would be the best fit for me in terms of what I was looking for for a career. Uh, and IMC seemed like the best fit. And in the end, I'm really glad that I did make that switch. It really gave me the skills I needed to enter the workforce and have a little bit more of that creative background. Great. And, and so what are you, um, after, after graduating, what it, what's your role, what, what are you up to right now? So right now I am the associate product manager for Cool Sculpting, which is uh, in the medical aesthetic space. So I work for a pharmaceutical company um, called AbbVie. So when I started, it was known as Allergan, but we were just bought. So it's uh, now become a much bigger company. Uh, but I work in that space. So I do anything from creating new resources for our field out and team to help them educate doctors on the product that we offer. Uh, I hold coaching sessions and training sessions for some of our doctors and clinics that we work with as well as our field team as well. Um, and then I just do a range of different administrative tasks, um, whatever I can do to help our team uh, be successful and uh, increase sales. Right. So I'm assuming that since you're doing a lot of training programs and stuff, does your job require you to travel a lot to a lot of different locations? Um, so I only started this role in November, uh, the end of November. So I, the majority of the time I've spent in this role, I've right. been at home. Uh, so a lot of it's been mm -hmm. remote, um, and doing different like webinars and training calls in that sense. Um, we do get back out in the field and back to the new normal. Um, it will uh, involve going to different locations and different clinics and, uh, hosting different events like that. Yes. Um, but so far, no, I haven't been too much travel yet. <laughs> Right, right. So, so things have sort of stayed the same in your in terms of your role once COVID nineteen hit. Had, has obviously it's made a big impact on any everybody. But how how does how has COVID impacted your role in your um in your in your workforce uh, right now? Yeah. So for my role specifically, like the medical aesthetics business has been hit quite hard because it's not a necessary uh, procedure or anything that's that's needed. So it's not really placed as essential. So the one half of our business is doing absolutely fine. Um, you know, we have a different range of pharmaceuticals that we offer. Um, so those are still essential for the majority of people, but my sector, yeah, we, we've been hit quite hard. Uh, so we've really been taking this time to educate people um, rather than, you know, pushing our sales and getting people to buy. We're really just taking the time to re-educate them on what we offer and then what we can do with them, as well as placing different contingency plans in place, 
um, and what we can actually start doing and be prepared for when we do get to open back up. So whether that's revamping a social media strategy or coming out with new offerings for people in clinics, um, we've really been focusing all of our energy there and getting ready to, to gear back up when things do go back to normal. Right, right. Good for you guys. Yeah, that sounds like similar stuff to what everybody's kind of going through. You're kind of having to readjust on the fly, kind of having to revamp your social media strategies. It was funny when this all started a couple of weeks ago, you could tell what companies had their social media on auto, auto post. You were getting a lot of the same messages for a couple of weeks after lockdown. So it's been interesting to see kind of how areas have adjusted. Um, I'd love to circle back to your time at SLC for a few minutes if we can. I was just wondering, what was it about the creative aspect or the creative draw in the IMC program that really drew you to it? And, and what kind of did you get out of it that you're using today? Yeah, I mean, I don't know necessarily what drew me to it. I just, I've always had like a little bit more of a creative side in me. Um, starting school, I started off in science. So where I'm at is completely opposite of, of what I thought I wanted to be doing. So for me, even recognizing that I like that creative side was like a big awakening. So I'm glad I did take that jump. But I think having that side, I learned a lot of like actual tactical skills in that program. So how to edit videos, how to use InDesign and Photoshop and so many of these tools that I never probably would have been exposed to had I not explored the creative side. And I found in the majority of my jobs, although what the jobs I was applying for didn't necessarily expect me to have those skills, um, because I do have them, I've been like seen as even bigger value or a bigger asset to the team. So going into my role now specifically, a lot of any creative work would be outsourced to an agency. So even if it's just updating an image on a PDF or anything along those lines, we outsource it, it goes to an agency and it takes a few weeks to get back. But because I actually have that skill set, it saves us a lot of time and money um, for me being able to just quickly do it in-house. So I think just learning those skills um, and also just having the ability to teach yourself um, in those programs and you really learn those actual like hard skills of doing the actual things in the programs, but also the soft skills of being able to be adaptable and, and strategically think about, about how to go about certain projects. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, there's a lot of things that kind of go on in the modern workforce. Uh, but you just talked about hard and soft skills. And I was wondering if um, you could maybe share with us your experiences about, about what are some of the skills that you think maybe students are lacking and what can they really do to build up their resume on their own, on their own time? Um, instead of that, they're not really getting coming out of college. What's your opinion on that? For sure. Um, I think no matter where you go and what job you have, you're always going to have to learn regardless. So right. with the roles that I've had, you know, at this job I had to do, Facebook and Google ads and my next job I did as well. Um, but how those two businesses approach them is always completely different. Everyone always has different expectations of what that looks like. So I wouldn't say necessarily it's the hard skills that people are lacking because if you have a foundation and understanding of what those are, um, the rest is teachable. So I really think it's important to focus on like those soft skills of being adaptable um, and the willing and having willingness willingness sorry to learn um, because I've found wherever I go everything's always a little bit different you're never going to go into a role completely knowing what to do or how to do it their way so it's just a constant constant like learning circle so I think just keeping an open mind when you are in school like 
yes, you need the hard skills for some things, but just know that you're always going to be learning no matter what. Um, and just being able to be adaptable. You'll come across so many different people um, in the workforce and some of the managers I have are completely opposite in terms of their personality and their work styles and their leadership styles. So I think it's just being adaptable and, and being the best resource you can to those people um, and doing what you can to make their lives easier. Yeah, and that's that's a really interesting point of how you're talking about, you know, it's it's never ending, right? Like, I think there are a lot of people that probably want to get to a point in their career where they they have security, they have stability, and they, you know, it becomes routine for them, which is, you know, understandable. But I, th I think that's a great philosophy that you have of like, no matter where what you're doing, if you've been in the same job for 30 years, if you have a new job that just started, you, you should always be willing to be adaptable and be, and be learning in different environments. So what, what is it that keeps you motivated to keep you, keep you wanting to learn? Yeah, that's a good point. I think for me personally, like I just really don't like letting people down. Um, and I, I just want like, that's what drives me is helping other people. And it's not necessarily to the extent of like, Oh, I need to be out in the field as a nurse, like helping people on day to day basis in that sense. But for me, like I get, that same satisfaction that a nurse would just by simply helping someone with like the simplest task. Like if someone can send me an email looking for something and I can point them in that direction, like then that that's what satisfies me. And that's where I find that job satisfaction is knowing that my job is helping make other people's jobs easier. So I think just keeping that in mind and making sure that I'm always on top of things um, and I'm able to answer the questions that come my way um, is what motivates me, especially in the space that I'm in and where I'm helping to educate our field team and different clinics and doctors on um, newest technology with like Facebook or Instagram or those types of things. Like I feel like I need to be on the ball if those questions do come my way. So for me, it's really important to keep that in mind. Um, but that's, I think, what really motivates me is just wanting to, to be the expert or be that go-to person for people in my job. Right. Right. That's great. So you, you, sorry, Layton, you, you mentioned that you'd done schooling before SLC. What are some of the programs that you've taken throughout your um, academic career? Yeah, so I actually started, so right out of high school, I went to Queen's University uh, here in Kingston as well um, in a general science degree. Um, but I very, very quickly found out that science was not for me and I did not enjoy it enjoy it at all. Um, so that was a very short-lived experience. I just did one year. And then from there, uh, I went to SLC. And I actually didn't really plan on staying at SLC. I thought, you know, I'll just do this one year, try and figure out what I want to do next. Um, but then once I got there, I actually really loved my experience. I loved the people, I loved the faculty. And then I ended up staying for the full, full three years. That's great. Nice, there you go. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, what are kind of some of the things that you like to do um, in your free time when you're not busy working? That's a great question. Well, with what's <laughs> going on right now, I know it's obviously restricted. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, now it's uh, not nothing too exciting. Um, but for me, honestly, it's like anything I can do with family is is what I like to do. I'm very close with my sisters, and I'm fortunate that they both uh, live in Kingston uh, with me. Um, I do live in Toronto when we're not in quarantine, um, but I usually do travel back quite often on weekends uh, to spend time with my family and, and see them. Uh, we like to spend a lot of time on the water. I grew up um, boating, uh, so we do a lot of that. Um, but aside from that, um, I 
as mentioned, like I like to keep up to date as much as I can with, with different trends. And um, even if that includes watching TikTok, I do think that is important <laughs> market research for understanding what's going on. And I will say, I did come across a bunch of different clinics in the U.S. that are using TikTok to promote the product that I work on. So really? wow. you never know, you know, you're always being productive when you're doing those types of things. So you never know what you come across. TikTok um, marketing, there you go. So yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think for me, like I'm, I don't have any like hardcore like hobbies, like, you know, I love skiing or or anything like that but for me it's really just about spending time with family and, and people that support me and, and having that support system around me yeah that's great have uh have you have you kind of found the work-life balance out in the workforce is it kind of uh, a pretty good balance do you have nice some evenings and weekends or is it kind of like a work hard play hard type of thing yeah i think so for me i worked in kingston before i moved to toronto so i worked at a startup here called max Hold, and then i also worked at queen's university and i think in both those jobs, I had a great like work-life balance in terms of that. But I also don't necessarily believe in like a work-life balance. I think there's work and then there's, and there's life and you need to make time for both or you're not going to have time for both. So I think it's keeping that in mind. Um, working at my job now, yes, like especially now that I'm at home, there's definitely that balance there. Um, it is a little bit harder in Toronto just in terms of having evenings to yourself um, with traffic. By the time you, you know, leave the office and get home, I find it's a lot later than it, than it normally would be if I was just walking home from my job in Kingston. The, like, the small town versus big town mentality, sorry. So I think um, there's keeping that in mind, but absolutely, I think most most of the jobs I've had, they really support that and really encourage you to take that time off when you need it and are there to support you. Um, and a lot of the jobs I've had as well have different programs in place to support you that way as well if you do need that support. But they definitely do have that uh, work hard, play hard mentality. Yeah, that's, well. that's what I was kind of thinking. So uh, my next question for you is, where do you think you kind of see this work from home uh, balance that you just discussed moving forward? Do you think that uh, most industries like your like the one you're in will kind of adopt more of a work from home kind of style. Um, I've heard predictions by some people thinking that this may be the way of the future. I think some uh, remote workforces might be as large as 40 or 50 percent for some organizations moving forward. What's your kind of take on that? Is that where you where you see things going? Yeah, for sure. I think. I mean, the last nine weeks that we've been working from home. Um, everyone's still been able to do their job exactly how they would in office um, but at home so I think it's absolutely like possible that it could, we could move to more of a work for home from home uh, workforce um, for our company specifically I'm not 100% sure what that will look like if they'll continue um, having our office in in Toronto or if we'll stay at home we normally do have like a work from home Friday where everyone does work from home but I think a lot of people in our office do miss that personal like connection that you get with people in office or having the ability to get up and walk around and talk to different people rather than just sitting at their desks. Of course, also if, if uh, children don't go back to school, there's also that added uh, difficulty with working from home. But yeah, I could definitely see a lot of industries moving towards uh, this work from home life. Um, also for our company, like a lot of us are out in the field as well. So um, about 
80% of our office actually does work from home already. Um, so it wouldn't be that huge of a change, but, um, but yeah, I can definitely see a lot of, a lot of different industries moving to that, that style of work for sure. Yeah. And what about the um, sort of the marketing field? Like you were talking earlier how you're, you try to stay on top of trends, like stuff like TikTok and all that, um, which I'm very curious about. Like, I don't, I don't really understand TikTok. So that's probably a separate question. But what are some marketing trends that you see kind of ad adopting to with COVID and, and maybe even pre-COVID? Like what, where are we going in terms of how we work as marketers online? Mm -hmm, for sure. I think one of the biggest things uh, will be events. So I think events will move to a more online platform. I, you know, I can't see huge events happening for a long time in terms of like what a big risk those would pose. So I know our company is already looking into doing uh, some of our big conferences over uh, Zoom or different resources like that. Um, similarly, we, our clinics will do different things, uh, different events to promote our products. So we're already coaching them on how to take those virtually. Um, and, and the upside to those as well is you can also reach more people. So if someone's not able to come in to your clinic or to your event, they can watch it online. So you're almost also have like the benefit of that is you are able to reach more people. Yes, you do lose that personalization and that in-person contact um, that most people value, but you also can look at it as an opportunity to really reach more. Um, and you can get a little bit more creative as well online in terms of, of the different offerings you have. So that's, yeah, that's one of the major things I think that will change going forward. I know that um, Facebook and Instagram also just partnered with Shopify. So you can now purchase instead of your Shopify stores um, on Facebook and Instagram. So we're also looking at how we can use that uh, in our clinics as well. So whether it's, you know, hosting a live uh, Instagram video event and then off uploading like a different products you can buy right directly on their Instagram. So just leveraging some of those different tools that are coming out. And I think as we go forward, we'll start to see a lot more tools and resources like that coming out into the market for right. sure. Uh, and, and going back to uh, the TikTok thing, do you see that as a fad or is that really the way of the future? You would love know. our executive director, Beth Hensley. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, go ahead. <laughs> no, you know, that's a good question because I mean, TikTok is very similar to Vine, if you remember the Vine days, and that clearly it was just a fad. So I hope TikTok is here to stay, but I, I don't know yet. It's a, it's a hard call. But I do think that it's a great tool for businesses to be leveraging because it's a very quick way uh, to get a lot of views and reach a lot of people. So Right. And so, and so how, how does the follower, uh, wh why, is, why do companies get so many more followers when they use TikTok? Like what, how does that algorithm work there? You know, I think it's all about like leveraging what's trending. So I think a lot of companies that are trying to use it to advertise, personally, I, I think they're doing it the wrong way in the sense mm -hmm. that they're creating a specific advertisement and just pushing it out. Right. I think it's very obvious when it's an advertisement that way. Um, some of the best advertisements I've seen on TikTok are ones that quickly pick up on whatever the latest video trend is or latest like, top TikTok song um, and use that as their advertisement right. or just do it organically. So I think it's just about keeping on top of whatever is trending on TikTok. And so that's a very, very fast industry. So if you're gonna do it, you're got, you need to act extremely quickly. You don't have time to you know, throw a production team together and, 
create this elaborate ad, but uh, yeah, I think it's just staying on top of what's happening and staying relevant with it. Right. And it keeps it more raw and it, and it embeds itself into the, into the platform. So that's, that's yeah, very interesting. Absolutely. I love that. That's great. Sounds like uh, we might have to have you back on for a social media workshop or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we always ask our guests this. Um, so restrictions are lifted tomorrow. Quarantine's over. Everything's back to normal. What's the first thing you do? First thing I do. Okay, so I am a little sad to admit this, but I really do miss going to like Winners and Home Sense. <laughs> You're probably not the only one. Yeah. Would love to go there. Uh, but aside from that, I think I would probably like just have like a big, my family really wants to just have like a big party, like everyone over and celebrate everything that we've missed from once this started to now. So like Mother's Day, birthdays, whatever else comes up in that time so i think just finally seeing all of my family in person and not not over a zoom call <laughs> i love that yeah i'm really looking forward to just giving my friends a hug you know you kind of take yeah. it for granted seeing them or your friends and family and having not seen them for three months now uh definitely gets on wears on you for sure yeah for sure Awesome. Well, Lindsay, thank you again for making yourself available. You had some great news and information to share for our uh, students, both current and graduated. Um, and I just wanted to um, personally thank you again. So cheers for being on today. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to be here. And like I said at the beginning, like I love any chance I have to uh, reconnect with SLC and, and stay, stay connected with everyone. Awesome. Um, where can people reach you if they have any questions? Do you mind maybe giving us uh, a work email or something where students can get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. So anyone can reach out to me on LinkedIn. So it's just my name, Lindsay Hagedorn. You'll see, see my picture there. Um, and then as well, if you want to email me, so my email is just L as in Lindsay, B as in Bob, and then Hagedorn, my last name, at gmail.com. Great. Thank you. I'll put that in the link of the video when this goes up on the podcast uh, website. Amazing. Thank you. Okay. Thanks again. Appreciate your thank time you. to both of you and uh, have a good night. We'll talk to you later, guys. Great. Thank you.